0: www.chasingroos.com. If you haven't been there yet, do you even listen to this podcast? Of course, it is the online store. For international rugby league fans, we are proud of the stock we have on there. We've got some exciting things coming as well, like some USA Hawk stuff and some Filipino, new Filipino jerseys for their match against Brazil in a few weeks' time. We're really excited. Just had a guy, I won't name him, but some absolute champion who, of course, listens to the show. He just bought himself a Peru rugby league jersey, along with a Netherlands rugby league jersey, along with one of my favourites, the Cameroon jersey. And a Ghana jersey, absolute champion. He's going to be a lucky man, um, yeah, wearing wearing some very unique kit around the place, around the gym, around the shops, wherever he wants. Uh, you can do it to chasingroos.com. And, of course, as a listener of the show – you get your 10% discount. Just use the code WHAT IS UP. One word, WHAT IS UP. The same way I start the podcast every week is the same way we start our very first uh, discount code. So get 10% off, jump on chasingroos.com. Of course, I need to thank our man, Matty Haynes. Absolute amazing supporter of this podcast check him out matt Uh, his logo designs jersey designs phenomenal also produces kit as well if you need your kit designed if you need it produced let him know you are a kangaroo chaser he'll give you 10 percent off his kit production as well uh, big thanks for your support maddie love having you on board as a sponsor this year and we will keep giving you love we know you know our fans love you as well all right guys let's go on with the show What is up kangaroo Chasers? and well we're getting excited because the World Cup 2021 for Rugby League is getting closer and closer. There's still a little bit of you know hesitancy. Will is it on? Will the Aussies go? That's the biggest question I'm getting every day. Will the Aussies go to the World Cup? I'm confident it'll happen. We keep hearing about new sponsors from the Rugby League World Cup guys. Um, Plenty of momentum. England releasing their new jerseys. Um, it's all systems go, uh, in my mind and, you know, Aussies or not, maybe they can scrap something together. Maybe an Aussie team from England, worst case scenario playing over there in the Super League, but we'll see what happens. But, um, we're starting, I guess, a new fresh series, myself and Big T here on Chasing Kangaroos. We're going to take a deep dive into as many of the rugby league nations as we can, uh, for this World Cup year, taking part in this World Cup um, and really getting the pulse from a top-down level. So I want to talk domestically, I want to talk internationally and really understand what the pulse for Rugby League is in each of the nations and, and how they might go in this World Cup. So I think it's very fitting that we begin with France. So this episode will be about everything France. And I spoke to French columnists uh, for Rugby League World and Rugby League Review and Total Rugby League. Uh, Mr. Pierre Carcou, uh, who has a wonderful French accent, which we love on this show. Uh, English is his second language, but as I say always, his English is much better than my French. So it's a great conversation. We talk about the elite one. We talk about Catalan and Toulouse on top of their very respective championships as well in the Super League. And of course, we talk about the World Cup, but a really good top level over overall view of rugby league in um the beautiful country of France. Now, guys, if you are a new listener, welcome. As always, I recommend you jump into our back catalogue. And if you're into your French Rugby League, and this is a, a podcast that interests you, we've got plenty of French Rugby League content throughout our long, long back catalogue, which has you know is about two and a half years old. So let me just name a few episodes which might interest you. Go have a listen. So we've got, of course, episode 108. It's called France is Back. And that was uh, with Luc Lacoste, the president of French Rugby League. Um, a very recent episode one of the favorites. It's in our top 10, guys, already, even though we only recorded and released it a couple of months ago. It's in our top 10 all-time episodes. Go back, listen to that, get it all the way to number one, because it's an absolutely amazing episode. We also have, a little bit further back in the back catalog, episode number 62, Pacific 13 or Pacific 13, which is mentioned uh, towards the end of my interview with Pierre. But that was with Laurent Gagnier on the new French Polynesian club, uh, which is hoping to join the Queensland Intrust Super Cup in the next few years. Pacific 13 really exciting episode, episode 62. So make sure you check that out as well. And a little bit further down, uh, episode 58, Remy Casty, a Frenchman in lockdown. Remy, another one who is um, mentioned in this episode towards the back end as well. Remy, it seems like a lifetime ago, but I recorded that episode with Remy right at the start of the COVID pandemic, pretty much, or towards the start anyway. It was in April 2020, a wonderful conversation. Of course, since that chat, he's moved from Catalans to Toulouse, but still a wonderful conversation, and I'm very proud of it. So, guys, plenty of French rugby league. We take a real deep dive here um, with Pierre, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, But anyway, that's enough of an intro from me. Let's get to my chat with Pierre and everything France. I'm Michael Carboni, this is episode 118 of the Chasing Kangaroos Podcast. Rugby League fans. Okay, what a special treat here with us this evening, or this afternoon, or this morning, depending on when you're listening, Pierre Carcou, uh, the French columnist for Rugby League World and Rugby League Review. Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos. Uh,
1: Thank you, and uh, welcome to France as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Very excited for this conversation. Now that the World Cup is getting closer, and we are getting excited, we're a little bit worried that it may not go ahead but we think we're confident that it will and it's time to start um understanding more and more about each of the nations and i think it's fitting that the first nation we discuss take a deep dive into and i guess learn the pulse of at all levels is france they invented the world cup uh they have been the biggest expansionist in our game since the beginning and i just think it's very fitting so pierre it's uh, an honor to have you here with us on Chasing Kangaroos, mate. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you for having
0: me. Now, tell the listeners, mate, a little bit firstly about yourself, where you're from and, and what you do and your passion for rugby league.
1: Well, actually, uh, so I'm living in the south of France. I'm living in Montpellier. Uh, actually, I, discover, um, I discovered rugby league uh, about 20 years ago. So uh, I still have a feeling of being a newcomer to, to the game. Uh, actually, I discovered rugby league on television. Uh, at a great time of uh, Paris Saint-Germain, a, a team where you, you may have heard of. Of course. And so it was, uh, and I, as I was in Montpellier, I had the chance uh, to have a club in my city, Montpellier 13 Club, <laughs> uh, which was and which is still an amateur club today. And so uh, I tried myself to play the code, but frankly, it was, I was 26. It was a little, <laughs> little bit older. Yep. So do, don't look for my name in the tables. <laughs> uh, at least I would have tried, which is not bad for a Frenchman not living in the heartlands. Uh, so at uh, this time it was at the middle of the, the 90s. Uh, I met, if I say I can met on the internet, John Drake, who is working for Rugby League World and uh, League Express. And we exchanged a few mails. And we um, even starting, I think, the first internet seat. Uh, it was Le Rugby tres Francais. It was a, a French-English uh, site, which was uh, probably the first one. So uh, starting, uh, I started to help him with the, the site. I started write, uh, writing. I wrote a few articles and then uh, it was when I was a student. And so I, after my student life, I have, of course, to work. So I have a moment of break in rugby league during, I would say, a, de- a decade. Uh, and so, but my, I, I had still some interest for rugby league and for writing as well. And uh, even if my accent in French is, is strong, I, I, I understand. Uh, so um, I like also the English language. So uh, I I like writing in English. It's a, I have two patients, um, rugby league and write, writing in English. Speaking English is different.
0: <laughs> Speaking different to writing, that's for sure. And I appreciate the language barrier. You're doing a great job. Your your English is much better than my French, so that's a good start. Um, oh, but you should try. Uh, you, <laughs> oh, je, je m'appelle Michel. Well, you, b- <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but Pierre, I love... I love following you on social media, Twitter in particular, and I recommend our listeners do so because the biggest issue with rugby league in France is the visibility. And from an Australian mm. perspective, it's mainly because of the language barrier. But but thanks to you and some of your writings, I do get to get a little bit closer to rugby league in France and understand it a little bit more and understand exactly what's going on. There's so much I want to unpack with you. There's so much we can talk about. And you mentioned already Montpellier where you're from and you mm-hmm. mentioned that it's not exactly the heartlands um mm-hmm. but as i understand it it's it's two hours from toulouse and two hours the other way from perpignan which which right. is very much heartland so where is is Montpellier the missing gap um in that southern sort of heartland belt
1: i think so i think so because it's uh uh, the situation in Montpellier is uh, some, somehow is a paradox because actually uh, there has been a club, a rugby club in Montpellier since the 50s, and so it's a uh, there was still a club, and there almost great moments in in uh, but yet because we are in France, because we are not in the heartland, we have a strong competition from football association and of course rugby union. Yep. And so, uh, even if there is still a presence in Montpellier, uh, where there are still dedicated people to rugby league, uh, we are really, I would say, uh, the, the the triangle of Bermuda of the media. Uh, if you if you, <laughs> you understand know. my expression, yeah. uh, be, Because we are we have really a problem with media here in Montpellier. Uh, I discussed with the local newspaper Midi Libre. And they say that they refuse to uh, cover a rugby league club uh, when they are not uh, on, on when they are not first grade clubs. Oh, it wow. seems very restrictive. It's, yeah. it's very restrictive because they pretend it's only a game followed by Catalan by Oudoir, and people of Montpellier are no are not interested. So it's um, it's, it's a it seems like a biased vision. That's their policy. And so, um, actually, uh, the, the situation is very complicated with the media ears.
0: So, they won't report on Rugby League in Montpellier unless they had a club in Super League, for example. Is that pretty much the case? Uh, uh, elite one, I would Elite say. one, at least, uh, yeah. Cause elite one, at least. Yep. Sorry? There's a few clubs. I keep hearing about the Montpellier Sharks. They're a club that pops up a mm-hmm. lot on social media, and I understand they're quite new. Is there, what can you tell me about these guys?
1: Uh, it's, uh, also, it will show you how complex. Also, the situation is Montpellier. We have two clubs in competitions. Yep. Two clubs in rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the traditional club of Montpellier 13, which I would say the traditional, the established club. Yep. with a uh, men, a women division, who is doing a lot for training young uh, young players around with a network of rugby schools, and so they are based in Montpellier. And a few years ago, a new, uh, the newcomers were the Montpellier Sharks. Yep. they were very ambitious. They wanted to join directly the Elite One Championship. And uh, now there are no more in Montpellier, they are based in a, in a nearby city called Lat, but that you never heard about. Yeah, well. Wow. It's, it's normal.
0: First time for me, yeah. And,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I think you probably
1: know the only the only Australian guy who know Latin Aus- <laughs> oh, yep. in Australia at least. Yep. And so there is a problem. There's a newcomers, but uh they probably, uh, they were very active at the beginning of their clubs, but uh, they did not achieve their goal so far, at least. They didn't join direct is the Elite One, so now they are in the third division instead. And so they suffer from the same situation as a normal club in Montpellier, no media coverage from yeah. the media.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas I think they are doing something. And plus, I don't think that uh, the two clubs get along well.
0: Yeah which is probably good to have a rivalry but it sounds like they need to be working together off the field at least yes yeah yeah okay. i think
1: i think it's not the time i think it's not the time to, to fight uh, because montpellier is uh, an important city is uh, to, um, to at least a 250,000 people uh, city. It's a big city for France. It's yeah. a university, a, a European city, a European size city. And so it's it's a pity that there is this, uh, that we are two people working uh, not in the same direction.
0: Well, we could probably talk about this subject all night, <laughs> but oh, I, there's, oh, yes. th- there's so much to unpack. And what when we first spoke about the what we would discuss tonight, I have no set of questions. I just really want it to be a conversation between two friends Mm -hmm. or or new friends because we've spoken online, but never really in in person like this. So it's, it's fantastic. But there was really, there's really a few topics I want to cover and we spoke Mm -hmm. about it and you, your wording was fantastic. So I'm going to use your wording to sort of kick us off and get started. So the first topic, the first topic is the Elite One season, 2020, 2021. And you said Elite One our invisible championship, which this year was visible for once. can you can you tell me a little bit about what you mean there?
1: Well, uh, this year was exceptional because uh, uh, thanks to the thanks to the the pandemic, if something can be positive from pandemic, of course yep. uh, the, the clubs, as you know, have to play with uh, clo- um, closed gates. yep. So they have to challenge themselves to offer their public, but also their partners uh, the, to go to televise or at least to, uh, to film their games on the social networks and things like that. So uh, at the beginning, it was meant to, uh, as uh, I would say, it was meant for their fans in France yep. and for uh, their partners. But it seems that thanks to this um, uh, new visibility, uh, people from abroad... Uh, had also access that the championship, the Elite One championship, had realized the quality, the very good quality of the championship. Because usually, uh, this is not the normal situation in France. Usually we have a problem uh, about this uh, championship. We have what we call fragmented information. Yep. Uh, because the problem with France, of course, France is much smaller than Australia. I agree. uh but the information about elite one is passed a lot uh, between different media's and b- different local media's. Uh, for example, French rugby league, uh, I would say, um, with French rugby league, free regions, free areas are concerned. Yep. And sometimes it can be long distance. For example, if you uh, if you want to travel to, um, I would say, to, to, from Villeneuve to not to Avignon. It could, it's a, it can be a six-hour drive, for example. Oh, wow. And it's divided, and this zone is divided in several um, in several uh, local medias. So, for example, if you want to, uh, usually when you want to cover this championship, you have to juggle, uh, we say to juggle with different uh, local newspaper, And sometimes, even if in the same uh, newspaper, with the edition, uh, for example, if you want to, Know uh, have the latest information about the Dragon Catalan. Uh, you will find it in L'Independent, but it, in the Perpignan edition. And the Perpignan edition uh, concerns the equivalent of uh, a few Australian counties, I would say. Well, wow. and if you want to know about Carcassonne, you have you, you can read L'Independent, but in the Carcassonne version, et cetera, et cetera. So usually it's very complicated to have a um, unified information about Elite One. So uh, uh, that's for the connoisseur, that's for the people who follow rugby. Let me, uh, let imagine, let's imagine the situation of the French public who have never heard about the code. Yeah. You can ask to say, okay, you're going, uh, you're interested in Carcassonne, go to this newspaper, uh, it's, it's amazing. Okay, there is today the social uh, the social uh, networks. Uh, there are internet, fortunately, so you have an uh, access to the digital edition of this magazine. But usually, it's very complicated because the there is not much visibility.
0: It's insane. It's like to so correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, it sounds like it's like the only place you could hear about the Newcastle Knights game would be in the local Newcastle newspaper. And you wouldn't be able to exactly. really hear about it, read about it anywhere else. It's it's crazy, um, and I guess it just shows the not the popularity of the sport, but the importance of the sport over time has has diminished for various reasons, which we could get into. But it's very much a local game, um, and it's pretty. It's probably like that in many parts of the world, but very much so in France, it's very local. How how have we bo- so? Are you saying that now this year, because the teams have been forced to televise their games or stream their games, that mm-hmm. all of a sudden all of the information is there online and it's much easier for for the local fans to follow as well as international fans?
1: Yes, that's uh, today. It's easier, and uh, but we don't. If you if you look, uh, if you look closer, uh, there are no national media will collect all the information except maybe yep. uh, an internet site called uh, 13 uh, Mondial, yep. which is which, which is now thanks to them we have a national vision we have also the internet site of uh, the, the web sorry, the web page of uh, the French Federation but their page of course is very institutional you you're going to have the facts on the most positive way not my me in a journalist style uh, yep, yep. Uh, article but th- that's all that's all we, we we have
0: today so speaking from your your part of the world do you think that that increased visibility has seen the has seen the sport sort of enter the general public psyche in in France do you think Rugby, there is more of awareness of rugby league because of season 2020 slash 2021.
1: I think so. I think so. I think it will make time to 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 measure it, to uh, to uh, to appreciate it. But I think it bring yes, it bring more visibility because uh, we were in a time where the many um, sport events uh, had been cancelled due to the pandemic. Yeah. And so I say it's very difficult to measure it because uh, <laughs> French rugby league uh, hasn't many uh, many means. For example, they, they cannot organize a national poll to see uh, mm. the image of rugby league, or they are. It's difficult when, for example, they I know that they have trouble for ex- when there is a game on Bean Sport Channel, for example. I understand that Dragon Catalan. Uh, have our time finding the figure of uh, how, m- how many uh, how many televiewers mm. were watching the game, things like that. So it, it's difficult to give you, um, I would say, a specific and exact answer. But I, definitely, uh, it brings uh, the attention of the m- more the attention of the public, and also I think more important, it brings attention abroad. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it gives, I hope, uh, the image of a lively French rugby league, because sometimes when I read uh, the uh, publication of the Anglophone world, uh, I wonder if we are not like the Romans, an antique people who would play rugby league in the past. <laughs> yeah. <and we> are <laughs> that would we disappear. We are <laughs> and uh, But... no. Elite one is uh, our championship is, is very lively and you ask me about elite one but we also have um, uh, women's two women's divisions and uh, a wheelchair championship well, of course we did, w- unfortunately we couldn't uh, uh, we couldn't play this year but we, we, we today the, in France we are we play we are still alive <laughs> and yep. we play the game very lively
0: Well, you are the world champions in wheelchair, which is something that not many rugby league fans will Mm. know. Um, And of course, the women getting stronger and stronger as well. I didn't know there was two women's divisions. So that's fantastic news as well, leading into a World Cup year for sure.
1: And if I can, uh, uh, Michael, if I can permit myself... Now, every time you uh, you will interview a French, uh, <laughs> a French man or French woman, yep. always ask what's going the woman, because it's very important. They they, uh, they have a diffi- really difficult situation because not only they are tracists, which is difficult <laughs> already in France, yep. but moreover, they suffer from uh, prejudice uh, because they practice rugby. And it was a complicated year because they are amateurs; they have job aside. Yep. And uh, with pandemic, they couldn't play. And it's why uh, worry for them in the World Cup.
0: <laughs> I should, I wish I asked more questions about the women's game of Luke Lacoste when I had him on recently because uh, he was he was fantastic. And but we have had uh, Lauren Beville on the show before. Mm-hmm and um she's mm-hmm. she spent some time playing in Queensland and she's spe- she's done so much actually she's done a fair bit in Africa as well but obviously French French born and um mm, is she yes. you know probably if she if she's an example of the level of talent over there in the women's division then it's it's certainly much stronger than many would would know and understand so I think that's fantastic mm-hmm. the elite one this year has been great and and I don't know if, because certainly I've I watched a few games this year, in particular some Carcassonne games, because I think you know they've obviously been the standard for the competition. They they've led the competition for most of the year and are probably favourites for the for the final for the championship. But um, mm. the standard to me is higher than I thought it was, and I don't mm. know if it's because all of a sudden we have so much more visibility. We can watch the streams on Facebook. Or if it's because of the level of player, the talent available this season has been stronger. We've seen, I think we saw um, Tony Gijot in the elite one this year. Mm-hmm. We saw guys like over here. yeah Gigo. We saw Hakeem mm-hmm. Maludi from the Toronto Wolfpack mm-hmm. uh, in the elite one this year. And we've seen we've seen some wonderful players over there. Is this season mm-hmm. has this season been, from your perspective, stronger than previous seasons, or is it just because? I can actually watch it and see it, that, that it appears to be stronger from, from my perspective.
1: Uh, I think it's a mix of the two. Uh, uh, because the, the Elite One Championship uh, always be an, an intense game, an intense game with a very st- strong level. But this year, maybe with the pandemic, uh, I think as only the Elite One um least one could play maybe they benefit from uh, player from the lower division. Maybe yep. uh, yep. it's it, it just uh, j- just an educated guess. Uh, but I think it's uh, more um, a tendency of the last the last few years.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So, uh, well,
1: hopefully. So I think,
0: hopefully, it does continue but, to get stronger and stronger because it's um, I think it's important a strong French competition. I hope that one yes. day can rival the English Super League itself. And I know that's a long way away, but um, I think it's important. And I, I, I want to know um, if you can let our listeners know. So not everyone has obviously watched the streams, but what are some of your highlights from this season? And, and can you tell our listeners where we're at at the moment? Because we're very close to semifinals and grand finals. What can you tell us about the season this year? Well, to 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 make a sum up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we we pl- we just played the playoff uh, last weekend. Yep, and it, it was fantastic game. And uh, we have uh, Avignon. We qualify for the semi. Uh, Avignon. We made uh, uh, we made a, g- a really great game because they beat Limoux, and Limoux was a, a favorite of the competitions. Yep. Uh, and, so, and and you have to to say that Avignon has a, a very good player, not m- many international players. Some of our players are people that were trained in, uh, in their team, as home trained, I would say. And they did, it was without Tony Vigo, because I don't know if you uh, if, if, if you know it, because at one moment of the season, Tony Vigo did play for Avignon during yep. a few games. Now yep. he's in Toulouse. So thought, even if we vote Tony Gigo and great players uh, like this, and with a pair of talented um, players, um, I think it's uh, uh, Payne and Jouffre, who are a uh, pair of talented players, they managed to beat Limoux at home. and That's, that's uh, an extraordinary uh, result. So that is to say that Avignon will now have to play in semi-finals Carcassonne, mm. which is, uh, I think, the, the favorite of the competition, and it's going. I think it's going to be a very open game. And uh, in the other playoffs, uh, we have the, the qualification. Uh, we have uh, Les, uh, Lesignon was not playing because they were qualified for for the semi-finals, but we have the the qualification of uh, Tres Gra- Tres Drago- uh, Sorry, Saint Esteve uh, yep. Trez Catalan, yep. which is the reserve grade of the Dragon Catalan. Yep, and uh, even if the score was very uh, was a, a large margin, it was not obvious because they play Villeneuve-sur-Lot, the last surviving club of the southwest uh, of France, mm. and it was a thrilling game until the uh, I would say the, uh, the, the second half or the second half, if I can say. Yep. Uh, so it's it's promising a, a, a great uh, a great semifinal between Les Inions, the Odoa club, versus uh, versus 13 Catalan set and there is going to be, I think, a, a, a game with powder, <laughs> yep. uh, an explosive game uh, because there are two rivals in the French, uh, the French Elite One Championship. There were, uh, I think, it's a 50-person games. It's uh, going also, so maybe that's my educated guess. Wow. Uh, Lesignon uh, coach is coached by Aurélien Coligny. With the former coach of the French team during the, the, pre- the former presidency and he will play Catalan Tres Catalan club, which is a uh, club with support that would say the present presidency. So maybe there is some revenge in the air I would oh, say. wow! I
0: love it. I love it. When, um, when will the semifinals be taking place?
1: This weekend okay. uh, Saturday Saturday and Sunday and uh, I've just learned that we will be televised on Via Occitanie a local uh, free-to-air channel uh, that people can uh, can access on the internet as well. Sensational. So it, yep. yes it's a, it's it's a great news because uh, even if the, um, the production on the social network were quite good regarding the, the means of the club, yep. we are, it's going to, to, to bring a, a good package, I think, uh, of, of these semifinals. And uh, really two, two great games I would recommend
0: to watch. Well, we will share those on our social media channels on Chasing Kangaroos this week. But we get to have some fun, Pierre, because this episode, we're recording it the night after State of Origin. And we will be releasing mm. it the, after the semi-finals are played. So mm. what I'll get you to do is make a prediction as to who you think Ooh. will win and then we'll see if you're right when we release the episode next week.
1: <laughs> so you you want me to take position in a in a competition where there are uh, audois and catalan. So you you don't want me to, to, to live for longer <laughs> for a long time
0: anymore.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, frankly, it, I would say um, I would bet on Carcassonne. Yep. Uh, so, sorry for Avignon because I like Avignon and I think it's important to have Avignon because it's the southeast of France. Yep. and uh, They bring a lot of players to the French national team but I think Carcassonne at home uh, with uh, Carcassonne as one of the strongest budgets in the French championships. Uh, to give you an idea, it's about uh, more than... Uh, Maybe it's going to make you laugh as an Australian, but the budget, to give you an example, is uh, about one million of U dollars, for
0: example. And mm, mm,
1: mm. uh, so probably one of the highest with, uh, with talented players, uh, I could, uh, I could uh, quote, for example, uh, Alexi Alberola, yep. Alberola, which is a, a key player of Carcassonne. Uh, I think it will be difficult for Avignon, uh, moreover because they have a game uh, they played last weekend, and so uh, Carcassonne has uh, one week to rest, and in in our game I think stamina is very important as well. I think it will be complicated. The other game will be... uh, I think it will be amazing. I hope there will be no brawls on the field.
0: (laughs) (laughs) but
1: uh, uh, It will be... uh, Maybe I would say a, a small advantage for Lesignan because oh, wow. uh, Lesignan is playing at home. Uh, the same semi, situation in situation Carcassonne, one game, uh, one game less when they play one game, uh, one game less. Uh, but it uh, will be a confrontation. It will be a, a difficult confront. 50, 50, 50 percent. With uh, 51% for Lesignon, 49 to uh, 13 Catalans.
0: Oh, well. Well, very brave to make that tip, Pierre. And hopefully, no brawls on the field. Hopefully, no brawls off the field as well. Um, Mm, Hopefully, it's just some good, clean fun. But um, excellent. So, we're predicting a Lesignon and a Carcassonne grand final. And since you've tipped that, I will tip Carcassonne to win the grand final a week. Is it a week later?
1: uh yes yes it's a it's a, it's a week uh, no it's a, sorry no it's around the 20th the twenty june So wonderful week uh yes the yes the, the week after yeah so the week after uh, not this week So this week are semi finals and so yes it will be on uh, june the twentieth And and what's extraordinary, at least, we will see the famous uh, stadium of Toulouse because uh, it will be held in Toulouse-Saint-Denis Stadium, Ernest Vallon, which is now the the big stadium who will host the Toulouse Olympics.
0: I love it. And um, are they allowed to have crowds yet? Are crowds back?
1: Yes, but with um, a special special protocol, not like in Australia.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah. Uh, I think it's um up uh, to uh, I think up to 5000 people will be allowed in the stadium which is fine with think, a system.
0: Yeah they'll definitely be very yeah. loud I think that's fantastic Um I love this Pierre like the insight to the Elite 1 we don't get this regularly uh, in Australia in particular so I appreciate the knowledge but let's take a step up you mentioned Toulouse um, mm-hmm. so let's take a step up In professionalism. And to use your words again, so when we spoke about our topics for tonight, you said Toulouse are overflying the Bedford Championship and the Dragons Mm -hmm. Catalan have been have had the best start to a season in their history. How great Mm -hmm. is it to see French teams at the top of the the top two divisions in England?
1: Yes, yes, it is. And uh, somehow it's a little bit normal because, uh, to, to, I mean, not because we are French, I'm not that chauvinistic, <laughs> 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 but uh, but because, you know, uh, there was a lot of pressure on our clubs, on Dragon Catalan and Toulouse, and they are really condemned to excellence. Not because because uh, they are not adequate when it, in terms of communication in terms of communication they are not playing with the same weapons as the union games yeah so it's a very super league it's very good to have opinion. perpignan super league toulouse toulouse would be fantastic to have the capital of uh, occitanie yeah uh, to have a super league and uh, i think they have been waiting we have been waiting too long and uh, i do hope that this year will be the, they are overflying the championship because they have a, a good training, uh, very good training policy. Especially with the reserve grade, who is, play, who is playing in elite one, uh, they manage to make uh, it's not uh, uh, it's not trivial. They manage to make the peace with the union club of the city, which, which, is, which is which is very important. They, they travel with good. They have a gentleman agreement with the famous Stade Toulousain union club. Yep. So for all the lights are green for them. So. Uh, and now uh, they, they have this uh, wonderful uh, twenty thousand seats stadium, mm. Ernest Vallon, yep. which we, a very modern stadium with a, a really a uh, aim for entertainment, a fantastic one. And yet they didn't have the opportunity to test it in the yep. championship, yep. Uh, which is uh, we thought, for example, the game versus London would would be a, would have been the perfect game to to launch uh, this stadium because London means a lot for French people London is an important city but now I feel there is a frustration in Toulouse Olympic because uh, because of this rule of the seven day of quarantine for the players yep. and the fact that most of the championship club are semi-amateurs and not professional uh, they, are, they are they have to wait to uh, to celebrate the stadium the way it deserves to be you, you see Uh, So I I feel they are overflying the championships, but I think that we are very cautious because we know that maybe underhanded underhanded tricks can always happen. Yeah, like in and it's also competition. We are not um, uh, we are not afraid of getting uh, getting rid of uh, Toronto. Toronto, the, yeah. most uh, yeah. uh, the most populated, the most populated city in Canada. So they are, of course, very happy. They are overflying, but they are still, they are still, their feet on the ground, if I can say. Yeah. They are very cautious, and uh, but I really, I hope it will be the last season in championship. At at last, uh, they will get to Super League next season because they deserve it. And uh, I think we say in France, la plaisanterie a sé duré. The joke has <laughs> lasted too long.
0: <laughs> yep, I love that. I'm going to try and use that. Um, now, let's, well, let's dare to dream. What would, you know, we spoke about, you know, the visibility of the, the Elite One and rugby league in general, lifting in mm-hmm. France this season. What would a second team in Super League do for the visibility of our sport in your country?
1: Uh, v- very much, very much, at least on a regional level. And uh, uh, because we have two teams from Occitanie, yep. Toulouse and Perpignan. Yep. And to give you an idea, of course, Occitanie is a French area. It's much smaller than any of your states, yep. but it's as, popul- as populated as New um, New South Wales, for wow.
0: example. Yep, great. So
1: it's, so it's very important. That at Ovali, is said also to be a, a place... Uh, uh, for in imaginary land that we call in france Ovalie. that is to say a place where there is a rugby culture well even c- rugby of course it's uh, it's many union yeah uh, b- but it's a uh, even rugby culture even stronger than football association culture it's probably mm, the wow. only part of france where there is so so at least uh, having these two uh Teams in Tulle, we bring a constant attention of the media, especially when we have a derby between the two clubs. Yep. Because a derby between Toulouse and Perpignan is something that the uh, French media, even the mainstream one, are familiar to. It's a rivalry in Union, for example, Toulouse and Perpignan, and I think it will change. It will change a lot. Uh, maybe we're not going to to be on the front page of the national newspaper. We mustn't dream. But at least it would re um, a rugby league in the country of rugby.
0: Yeah, That's wonderful. As
1: simple, uh, as simple as that.
0: Do you find that this day and age, I mean, we, we all know about the history of rugby league versus rugby union, especially in France. But do you find that now, you know, we've spoken about the gentleman's agreement between the Toulouse mm-hmm. rugby clubs. Um, do you find that this day and age, Perhaps the younger generation of rugby fans in Toulouse or Perpignan are likely to to watch both codes rather than prefer one o- over the other? Or is there still a rivalry there?
1: Well, actually, uh, 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 it's funny because I anticipate your question <laughs> and uh, I, exchange, uh, <laughs> I exchange with a supporter that, that I have on Twitter who follow me on Twitter that yep. I follow. It seems that we have, in Perpignan at least, uh, supporters who follow the both well, clubs, yeah. the both yeah. teams. But uh, of course, you cannot compete with uh, USAP. is a very, USAP the union club. Uh, sorry for you, uh, for the agents. Uh, USAP is uh, a very old club. So. Okay. So it's normal that you have an established club of supporters. But now, and I uh, I see it uh, myself when I, uh, last time I was in Pays Catalan, now we are also supporters for Dragon Catalan. You go to a village, you see a flag of the Dragon Catalan, for example. It. You understand that there is yeah. a fun. So, of course, there is a. It seems that it's a problem of generation. All generation, it will be difficult. But as you, um, as you say, uh, for the young generation, I think there is, they can watch both, and they have. We can have this double culture. Yeah. For Toulouse, it's more, um, it's more complicated. I think they they have Toulouse Olympic have supporters, but maybe. They have to establish maybe uh, uh, a more maybe a stab- club of supporters. They have to establish. They are they are quite new. I mean, in the in the Toulouse uh, uh, landscape, yeah. I would say, even if they have existing in uh, many forms, but. It will take time. I think it will take time. But in France, uh, usually it's not rare to follow the boss squad. We are not, even myself, uh, sorry, if maybe I'm going to lose some followers. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I happen to see Union games, especially when France is playing, because uh, when France is playing, I forgot that I am a French rugby league uh, fans and I want France to succeed. And I think it's the same thing in another direction. Uh, So I think it's possible to have this double culture. It's it's not like in England. You see, in England, we have a social gap. If you're you're for a union, you tend to be middle class, living in the South with uh, maybe a cottage, uh, eating cucumber sandwiches or whatever. (laughs) Uh, But in France, we don't have the social gap. It depends where you are born. In, do, are you born in a union city? It's or a league city. You you tend to there is not a social barrier. I would say.
0: It reminds me of in Australia. It's very much like that in terms of rugby league and Aussie rules AFL. So if you're born in an Aussie rules city, you follow the AFL. If you if you're born in a rugby league city, you follow yeah. the NRL. And um, it's less about class. We don't. We, we do have class. Society over here, but not like mm-hmm. England, of course. So, but it reminds me of that. You made a really good point, Pierre, which is, you know, you will follow the French rugby team because you're French and you have pride in in your in your nation and you want to follow that. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's an area where we've got a lot to learn in rugby league because yes. the reason I guess English rugby league, for example, is not as popular as it once was is because the English rugby league team rarely gets to play matches anymore. Uh France France yes. and England never play each other. So France rarely get to play matches even here in Australia. You know the importance of of mm-hmm. State of Origin. State of Origin is put up on a pedestal. Oh by the by the way congratulations uh, to Yes, the- thank <laughs> you. Wonderful game. Fantastic game. Um but you know as good as it is, you know we myself I'd love to see the kangaroos playing more games. Um, But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we don't see that. Um, So it leads me to, I guess, our final topic, um, an unpredictable France for an unpredictable World Cup. Why is France so unpredictable? We know why the World Cup's unpredictable. We're still, we're 90% sure Mm -hmm. it will happen, but we don't know what in this strange world. But why is France so unpredictable in this World Cup?
1: Uh, I think it, because uh, it will uh, uh, France will be uh, unpredictable because uh, of this uh, of their opponents uh, because uh, she is in uh, in, uh, in a strange pool uh, I will explain you why uh, in the last World Cup things were seem uh, easy on the paper because France was even if France was in uh, uh, Australia and England the free sport, Would qualify for the quarterfinals. I don't know if you remember. And so we say, okay, there is Lebanon. We suspect that Lebanon is made of heritage players. But it should be okay. We should uh, qualify. And actually, it didn't happen like this.
0: Lebanon were very Uh, strong.
1: Yes, it was a bad surprise and our World Cup uh, it was terrible because our World Cup was finished uh, after Lebanon. It was great for Lebanon. I congratulate them. Uh, but today it's, a, it's, a diff- it's different because on the paper it looks it looks um, uh, more difficult because there are only t- the two first um, spots qualify for the quarterfinals. But maybe uh, it's... Actually, it's difficult to evaluate the opponents. For example, we have Greece. We could say, okay, Greece should be uh, quite an easy game because they only have, uh, I think, one NRL, NRL sorry, game yep. player. Um, I think it's uh, yes, Magulias. Billy Magulias, definitely. Um, yep. Billy, Billy Magulias, thank you. And so it should... But we know... we. It should be easy, but we are not. Don't know exactly the the team will we will be facing, if the level of the team. Uh, the most uh, concerning team is also Samoa, yep. because uh, uh, they, they have great players in area. I think they have Josh uh, Papali, yep. for example. Uh, so, what kind of team will France play? Will they? Will they play a team made of uh, Samoan players playing in Europe, or uh, a Reuters player? Plus, there is, uh, as you as you probably know, because you are you are closer to, to Samoa <laughs> yep, than yep. me, it seems that there is some kind of conflict with the player and the Samoa federation about. Uh, so uh, uh, maybe it can be easier than. Uh, uh, it can be easier on the pitch than on the paper, because maybe we will uh, France will play Greece. So, I, as I say, it should be a victory, as long as they don't make mistakes, yep. of course. But maybe they're going to a uh, f- fragmented Samoa team. So, maybe it's a chance for France. Uh, maybe fr- France are more chance this time... Uh, uh, maybe I am a bit bold on on this one, but more chance to qualify for the final as long as they, of course, they play well, they make no handy errors, they they keep on their discipline. So it, it's a trend. It's why it's, it's I think it's unpredictable because we don't know exactly what our opponents w- will. I mean, England, we know England very well, even if we don't play them often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But with England, we know what we can expect. We, we can expect, to maybe, uh, uh, certainly, I'm afraid um, uh, we will not win that game, but maybe the margin, we, what would be interesting is the margin of yep. points between yep. England, and if we can make some uh, dirty tricks <laughs> during the game. Uh, but somewhere in Greece, I'm is is why for France, it's difficult to, to, to know what... Uh, if you will qualify or not, right.
0: it's very unpredictable. Some you've hit the nail on the head with Samoa. They could potentially have a very strong side if you think about, you know, players mm-hmm. like Jerome Luai, uh, Josh Papali, who you've mentioned, and players mm-hmm. like that. They could certainly field a very strong side, but will they? Um, mm-hmm. There's plenty of politics in rugby league, mm-hmm. as always, and, and Samoa is is no um, it, it is no stranger to the politics at the moment. Uh, facing facing their mm. game but what we can sort of predict maybe is who are some of the players we can expect to see playing for France this year so we know about the Theo Farges names and things like that but who are some maybe some new faces some of the younger guys playing for Catalans and Toulouse for example that we may not have heard about that we really should learn the names now because they're going to be there and they're going to be exciting
1: well, oh, it's a difficult choice because uh, uh, because of the <laughs> elite one, we, we there are so many unusual names uh, we add yeah, to wow. the list. But uh, I think some are obvious. Mathieu Laguerre, I think, sh- should uh, uh, should do something very uh, int- should be a, a very inter- interesting player uh, if he play for France, for example. Or Corentin Le Cam, the giant player, I think the, the biggest yep. player <laughs> in the rugby world. Uh, I, I think, and this one, are, are, are young, talented players. Uh, I will be happy, I will be happy to see again Rémi Castillo mm, and Vigo, yep, of course. Yep. Uh, they, because even if they are not, uh, today they are not the best French player, they bring a lot to their yep. teams. And they, are, they have a, a charisma. Um, they, are, they are an important, they are an important uh, in the team spirit. In the team spirit, and they, they bring their talent, they bring their skill to, to the teams. So I will be very happy to see they, they are not new, uh, but it will be very interesting because Theo, uh, so, sorry, uh, Remy Casti and Tony Higo had a difficult period yep. themselves uh, Tony Ligo uh, found uh, uh, did have some problem to find a new club and uh, Remy Casti was uh, s- um, fired uh, uh, from the Dragon Catalan uh, fired is maybe a strong word but uh, uh, it's good it's really good that we have the opportunity to show their, their talents in, in this world it would be
0: great for I guess in the, especially in the case of Remy Casti perhaps the last hurrah a last a last Swan song in his in his in French jersey would be um, well deserved because he's had a wonderful career. Yes, I agree. I agree. Final question, Pierre, and it's a big one. So let's look at the World Cup, mm-hmm. men's, women's, and wheelchair. Where do you expect mm-hmm. your French teams to finish in each of those competitions? Um, and what would be a good what would be the a good result for France?
1: Uh, I think uh, a good result for France uh, will be a uh, minimum uh, a qualification for the quarterfinals. Yep. Uh, m- minimum. Uh, if uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm very optimistic of semi-finals, but I think a, a qualification because that means that they would have uh, beaten Samoa. And I think the, the game uh, France-Samoa will be uh, France final in the mm, World wow. Cup. If it uh, the women, uh, I have some concern really from the women teams because even if they are, uh, they were gathering from the French Federation, they haven't played. Unlike, for example, the British, the British girl or the Australian, so it's very complicated. I will expect them to qualify. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's semi-final only in the. Uh, I'm not sure but yeah uh, are they quarterfinals? i think it's sem- yeah i think it's top
0: two from the two groups so I think it's semi finals yes yeah
1: mm. so I would say quarterfinals and for the wheelchair ke- teams uh the title of champion yep. <laughs> because they are led with by uh, people like Gilles Closel. uh they are they a are very strong side it uh, it seems uh, very uh, uh they are they are committed players in in the team, so they deserve ready uh, deserve to uh, to bring the trophy. Home. Yeah,
0: definitely. It would be great to see at least one trophy going to France, and and the wheelchair is the most likely. And I, I can I can certainly say on behalf of our listeners, whether they're from Australia or France or the UK or New Zealand or the USA, Canada, we've got listeners everywhere. Um, as international rugby league f- fans, we love France. No matter who we support, no matter where we're from, France is our, our second team. Uh, so we wish you all the we, oh, we, we certainly wish you all the best, Pierre. Um, before I go, like I said, there's always difficulty in translation when it comes to French rugby league for us English speaking people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I learn a lot from mm-hmm. from you uh, on social media. So can can oh, you please you. tell our listeners where they can follow you?
1: Uh, presently on Twitter, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because uh, Twitter is new to me. Uh, I discovered Twitter, even if I opened an account uh, a few years ago, I didn't use it. and I, di- I rediscovered Twitter because of the pandemic. Yep. Uh, and it was strange because I, I, usually I'm a writing guy. I'm not used to speaking like I'm doing now. I'm more writing yep. guys. I study things, you see, details, yep. et cetera. And so, uh, so for me, it's new. It's new, so the social network. But they may uh, presently, uh, if, if they like uh, writing my articles, I, I write for Total Rugby League um, uh, internet site, which is um, the site of the league publishing, the publisher of, um, of Rugby League World and the League Express. But unfortunately, I would write for Rugby League World. But uh, as you probably know, because of the yep. pandemic, uh, the publication has been suspended. Uh, I have uh, I have initiated a cooperation with Rugby League Review. Uh, so I've made an article about a guide to the French uh, Rugby League Championship. I hope I will be able to make some uh, some article again. So if Terry Liberopoulos is uh, hearing us... I think Terry is <laughs> definitely listening. <laughs> so
0: definitely, Terry, we need to get...
1: <laughs> so I, so uh, if he wants me to write again for the review, it will be a pleasure. It will be an honor and pleasure to... Uh, to write, especially because I may have some interesting information about Pacific trade. I love that. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, presently this is where and, and this is where people, if they like uh, what I write and what I say, uh, can follow me. Given that I want to make it clear that I'm not a professional journalist. Uh, I'm a, I'm a part-time columnist. Uh, I have another job aside, <laughs> and so uh i don't uh, this is not uh, a full-time activity but we uh, are the this is where they can write me if
0: if you like yeah that's fine i'm not a professional podcast host i have a real job as well so that's good we're we're both you know semi-professional maybe we can say you know in our, in our yes, fields that's right. i i i to- it's
1: typically it's, it's typically rugby things, semi amateur doing uh, the work like professionals.
0: It's, exactly. <laughs> I know I told you I was going to ask. I asked you the last question, but you mentioned Pacific Tres. I, I have to ask what mm-hmm. What can you tell us? You what? It sounds like you've got some juicy information. Is there anything you can share with us before we say goodbye?
1: Ah, uh, no, 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 sorry, I don't have oh. to, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm very sorry, Micah. <laughs> you see, this is why I'm, I'm so professional
0: That's okay.
1: I don't know, I don't know, uh, I don't know now how to uh, highlight the facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, just because I, I have exchanged uh, a, few, a few times now with uh, Laurent yeah. Garnier and this fascinating project, and this is something I'm going to follow, to follow closely. Uh, because it's a uh, extraordinary human. I think so too. It's above. Uh, yeah. Yep. You have pa- Pacifica, Pacifica, which means a lot from uh, the different uh, Polynesian uh, uh, peoples in, uh, but also there is this French touch, and there is uh, also New Caledonia involved. And you don't know if you know in Australia, but New Caledonia will soon vote for their independence.
0: In oh, the will they? So yeah, I brilliant. didn't know that. Yes. they will.
1: But uh, I think that we won't get it. I mean, we uh, still a slight majority to remain in the French um, in the French Republic. But it's bring it's a it's a fascinating story. So I'm going to to, to follow it. So uh, sorry, I don't have uh, I don't have any. any
0: no, vote. that's fine. I'll I'll follow that closely uh, now as well. That's I didn't know about that independence vote. So that's actually quite interesting.
1: I mean, it's something being I think uh, Pacific treasure. Uh, plus, we have—it's it's very interesting because it's a—it's an idea coming from the pitch. Because when you are an observer, you're looking for the thing—the things from uh, uh, from above. You see, you have some uh, theory, but Laurent Garnier is a professional on the field, so I, I'm sure that his project is very solid. And uh, frankly, it's something that we we're going to to talk again uh, and I think for for many years
0: fantastic I'll follow along very closely Uh, Pierre wonderful conversation I'm glad we've had you to kick off our our deep dive into World Cup nations beginning with France and mate good luck and thank you for chasing kangaroos with me tonight
1: thank you for having me Michael and maybe uh, another time we will talk again
0: (laughs) definitely definitely thank you Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Manhain Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cansino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own.